and welcome to the very first episode of the Classic Nine podcast. I'm Joe Ness. I'm a Newcastle fan, uh, Geordie Bone and Bread, and I'm joined by Gabriel. I'm a Manchester United fan. So, Gabriel, how did you come to be a Man United fan? Well, you know, I was just watching the team, uh, you know, quite sporadically when I was about 15 years old and I was you know I wasn't even a football fan before I was 15 mm. years old but then I started watching United and um, I just fell just fell in love it's a bit it's a bit cheesy but I fell in love with the club pretty much so Glory yeah. hunter. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah didn't you could you say, say that yeah. didn't you say you started supporting them because they won the Europa League I mean Kind of, but you fall in love with, with the club you support because of a player, a manager, or a trophy. It depends, or the, the history no, of the club. You, well, I mean, from my experience, you fall in love with the team because it's your team, you're from there. Yeah, but foot, I mean, football is global now, so you can follow a team that's not local. Who supports Andalex? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I mean, I do, I do occasionally, but you know, for context, that good, so. Gabriel lives in Brussels. Um, yeah. So, the only good team there is is uh, Anderlecht, so. Yeah. Uh, are there any other teams in Brussels? Probably, but they're uh, in the lower divisions. I don't think yeah. they're in the first division. Yeah. So, for context um, as to how me and Gabriel actually met, um, we both studied music together at University of Sussex. Um, we both lived in Brighton. I still, well, at this time, do still live in Brighton. Uh, Gabriel has since gone home to Brussels. So, um, like, uh, anything you want to add on that, Gabriel? Not really. I think uh, what you said was pretty much was pretty much uh, yeah, spot yeah. on. Yeah, it's the nail on the head. Great. Exactly, yeah. So this is the Classic Nine podcast. This is where me and Gabriel are going to talk about, well, football. We're going to talk about football. We'll be going over the news. We'll be doing like, weekly predictions and roundups. And um, obviously the predictions in this episode. Um as the 20, uh, Premier League's 25-man squads have just been confirmed. So I know with Newcastle, I'm quite glad to see some players like um, Henri Saive and uh, Rolando Ahrens not getting into the squad. I mean, the things were for teams like that, I mean, Saive is quite highly paid and Ahrens is like, he's been really unlucky with his career. Like I remember, when he made his uh, professional debut, I think it was against Man City. Then he came on and scored in a 3-3 draw against Crystal Palace. Uh, I remember Mike Williamson scored that day. Uh, Dwight Gale put them 1-0 up after two minutes as well. But um, then obviously that game against Man City in the League Cup where we won 2-0 when him and uh, I think it was Musa, it was either Musa Sissoko or Gabriel Obertan scored the other. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's what do you think? I mean, like, uh, you know, with Man United squad, do you think you've got any sort of wasted players who are just like not worth the place in the squad? No, I think our twenty-five man squad is is actually I'm actually content with it. Um, the only exception is that uh, maybe Romero's been excluded from it, and we mm. we've, we haven't treated him very well because he's Obviously been a good servant to the yeah. club. And yeah, he's I mean, played. Not many keepers of his quality would be happy to just sit on the bench, but like exactly. that's the thing. I think you maybe should have looked to have sold either him or Dean Henderson. Well, we want we wanted to sell him, but obviously, um, 
I think we got an offer. We received an offer from Everton, but the Glazers. Uh, I've read somewhere that the Glazers um, they see Everton as a potential top four opponent, so they didn't want to sell That's Romero to Everton. Thing, I mean, like um, that would have been a shrewd bit of business for Everton, obviously, because they've got the little T-Rex yeah. and Gold Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible. The yeah. Terrible keeper. T-Rex. Um, terrible. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like well, it's like Mesut Özil not getting into the Arsenal squad. That was very strange. I was very surprised by that. Very surprised. I was somehow surprised what, what? and completely expecting it, to be honest, because like he hasn't played. But the thing is, those Arsene Wenger was saying a couple of weeks ago, he would, like, he's at the point in his career where he should be in his prime, and, you know, offering as much as he possibly could to a team, and it's just like they don't play him. Like, I think Özil should maybe I don't know because like. Where would sign them on those wages? Like Turkey, China, the MLS. Very few teams can afford him, and the thing that I don't understand is that you've just signed. If you're Arsenal, you've just signed Thomas Partey, who's was literally an engine in that midfield. Yeah. You like, could literally could, ask Özil yeah, to just create. Yeah, it's exactly like um, not going back to Newcastle again, but like our team in 11-12. Like we had Czech Diorty, who was like the anchor of the midfield, and Johan Kabai, who was he could spread the play and a set piece specialist. But like, yeah, it's like Özil should be doing much more, and Arsenal should be, yeah. Like it, the thing is, though, I mean, I remember including when, him in the squad. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember when Alexis Sanchez was leaving, and like Özil was also going to leave at the time. Why did they offer him a new contract? They panicked. I think they panicked because they. I, I think and they wanted to the keep. Only player left who could sell shirts. Exactly, spot on. Yeah. Him and and so Özil and Sanchez were the only two marketable players. So they they had to keep one of them. And when Sanchez refused to sign the contract, I think they panicked. Yeah. And they, they gave Özil uh, a new contract. Yeah, with they gave Özil far too much. Far too much. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, though, I mean, like with Özil, I mean, obviously they've given him too much. But like the, he hasn't been managed properly. He hasn't. Like, he hasn't by any other manager, yeah, even Arteta. I mean, like I know in the Premier League you do have crap, but I mean, like it's like when you've got like an anchor in midfield, like hopefully who will turn out to be a great success for Arsenal fans with like Thomas Partey. Like he could be, you know, Özil could honestly, even now I still think he. Probably could have been. He probably could be the player to take them to that next level. Of course, of course. But like, I think that's is just... going to deal with all the, you know, the the dirty work in midfield. I think, you know, the, maybe they finally have replaced uh, Patrick Vieira. Like, do you not remember the Arsenal fan? I, I, I don't know if it was ever a chance. Arsenal fans, please correct me. But like, I, I saw this thing. It was like Torreira, Torreira. We finally replaced Vieira. <laughs> Yeah, they've been trying to replace Yera ever since he left. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. And um, it's, yeah, it's, sta- it's staggering. Patrick and, uh, Vieira has retired, managing the MLS, and I think now manages Nice or something? Yeah, Nice. Yeah. Why has he been sacked? I don't, I can't I don't remember. know. I, don't I think know. He's, still, uh, he's still managing them, yeah. For whatever reason, Patrick Vieira would ever happen to be listening to this. Cheers for Alan St. Maximum. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so, in no, obviously. obviously, today we have heard about the proposed European Super League. What is your opinion on that, Gabriel? Do you, would you mind giving us some insight? Basically, the news is that Manchester United and Liverpool have been in talks with FIFA 
to set up a new uh, European Super League, Premier League, with big clubs around Europe, and uh, it would include uh, 18, 18 teams. And uh, it would basically, they would be playing matches midweek, so throughout the regular European calendar. And there will be 34 match days, so they'll be playing 34 times in the year. Now, obviously, this is this is absolutely. I mean, I'm disgusted by it because obviously it's not the clubs that I want. It's obviously the owners because Manchester United are owned by American owners, and so are Liverpool. And obviously, American owners, uh, their goal is to maximize profit as much as possible. So I'm not even surprised by that at all. And also the fact that J.P. Morgan's going to be. Uh, what is it? They, they've proposed to. Yeah, where they mean, give JP out uh, a debt package. Does, like, he's got he's, he's got track record of you know being very corrupt. You know exactly. It, it, it's not surprising uh, at all. Like, is it really that big a surprise that this has come after uh, you know uh, from last week the picture project? It's it's not. This now I feel is we could, but I think maybe. Sentiment, well, definitely sentimentally, could be going through sort of the death of English football because it is all about the profits. I mean, as well, like there were like rumors going around with the proposed Newcastle takeover from uh, the Saudi PIF and Amanda Staveley and the Rubin brothers that Liverpool and Man United were involved in getting that rejected. And obviously, now Mike Ashley has now. Um, I believe he's actually brought in a barrister or something. And I think with all this that's come out about what Liverpool and Man United have been trying to do now, I really do think they had something to do with this. But I think now that it's sort of been exposed, I do think, I still think the Newcastle takeover could happen. Um, I think it, I think they've been exposed on that. I mean, as well, one of the things with Big Picture was that... Um, they could, you know, reject other teams getting a, like a takeover, and if you are a Man United or a Liverpool, getting another team with like well more mo- more financial muscle than Man City in your league, like they wouldn't want that. The thing is though, Newcastle, unlike like before City with their takeover, Newcastle are a big team, well the ninth most successful team in England. Yeah, it's been 50-something years since we won a major trophy, but we are one of the biggest teams in England. We are in the top 10. So the car, like, I don't think people can make the argument, oh, these fans are just deluded. They're not. Newcastle are a big club. We're not performing like a big club right now, but that is where we've been for the last 13 years under Mike Ashley. So it's like really is a case of, they need. I think they maybe need to define what uh, a big club is. Because, I mean, you know, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, they've all played, Villa as well, they've all played more Premier League seasons than Man City. Like, it's honestly, um, it's annoying as a Newcastle fan. I think Man United and Liverpool here are just, they're trying to basically say, right, so something like Leicester winning the league couldn't happen again. So they could basically run unopposed. That's, I think to me, that's kind of how it feels there. It's just like, well, it, you know, it's like, you know, we, I think as fans, we've always known we were just customers, like, especially in, like, you know, the last 10 years. But for me, something else that's really annoying me now is, like, so you pay for your Sky Sports package, right? And then you've got to, yeah, I'll say, if there's a big game on your team's in, 
like say Newcastle Man United the other night, you've got to pay £15 for that. That's ridiculous. Why should you all have to pay extra for something that you're already paying for? Exactly, exactly. I agree with you completely because usually what would a, what would a ticket for a game on a match day cost? Probably £30 on average? Yeah, yeah, about £30. When you, £30. But when you're at the game, that's the the whole experience. It's yeah, the, yeah. the, the it's stadium, the you're with yeah, the, your the stadium, mates. It's the fans, it's going for a beer with your mates. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're literally paying half of it for nothing. Literally, you're just standing in, in your couch and watching TV. So yeah. it's honestly... I mean, Newcastle, it's not, uh, it's not a particularly well-off area. It's not like Brighton or London. It's not like that. It's not a well-off area. These people work hard for the money. And mm-hmm. they spend that money going to the games when they can, obviously now because of COVID or pre-COVID, they'd spend the money going to the games every week. There'd be there's people with no money forking out bloody thousand pound or something for a season ticket. Like that is how much these people care about the club. And then to be like, no, you've you, you obviously you can't go to the stadium now, fair enough. But oh, you've got your Sky Sports package, we're gonna make you pay extra for it to watch certain games. It's ridiculous. Of course, and they, what they've forgotten, I feel, is that football is originally a sport for the working class. And I think that's yeah. that concept has been forgotten and they just think that they can uh, t- take our money, as much money as they want. So I agree with you. I, well, the game is going I mean, into, like, into a direction that we, we can't so control. Man United, uh, I, they are based around Salford, which historically is not a well-off area. Man City, I think, is it within show they have like uh, is that quite close to the city like where you it's, get, like, yeah, it's, it's close um, it's close it's not yeah. exactly but yeah, yeah. My, my sorry my geography of manchester isn't the best but like it's like it's exploitation of people who genuinely care because it is such a big part of their lives going to the games you know seeing your mates having a beer drink maybe drinking too much you know it's it's ridiculous. It's like, I mean, like the last season ticket I had at Newcastle was um, the the championship season under Rafa Benitez, 16-17. Uh, like, I, I, to be fair, I think, it, like, because I was only about 16-17 at that time. Or, oh no, it was tw- 20, sorry, 2016-17, so it would have been... 18. Yeah, yeah. 17-18. Yeah, 17-18. And it only cost us 50 quid for the season ticket. I know it was in the championship, but I mean, we did some, like, we, had, we kept Rafa, we'd done some good business bringing in the likes of Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, um, Kieran Clark, Isaac Hayden. And like, it was, there was a report around the club at the time because it's like, right, we've gone down. Benitez can get work back up, and then maybe one day we'll get a takeover. And Benitez has the quality to kick on and you know actually build something up. Whereas now at Newcastle, it really is just like you're a customer, like, and the the fact is the club's going nowhere under Mike Ashley anyway. I mean, I don't for a second believe that Joe that you paid forty million for Joe Linton. Um, I mean, then again, we did get thirty million for Iose Perez, who also isn't worth that kind of money. It's one of them weird things for Newcastle now. It's like um, just to touch on where we are at the minute. Like, 
we've had a decent start of the season, and we're in the we're in the League Cup quarterfinal. But when the football we're playing is absolutely terrible, I mean, it doesn't help that Martin Dubravka is injured. But it's like, well, we have the potential to be a good attacking team. We have the players for that. Like Shelby can pick a pass, albeit he's lazy when it comes to backtracking. You know. Ryan Fraser, Miguel Almiron, Alan St. Maximin, uh, Callum Wilson, even Joe Linton, if you want to play him as a number 10 or like a false nine. But he's, it's, he's like, well, why are you see Bruce still sticking to this ridiculously deep-lying uh, team, being overly pragmatic? Like, we got away with that under Rafa because he knew how to arrange a defence and obviously we're playing the wing-back system with the back five. But that was under Benitez, and he could get away with that because he knew how to get the best out of his attacking players, which worked because we had Solomon Rondon, Ayose Perez, and Miguel Almoron up top together. So obviously Rondon could hold up the ball, spray it off to Perez at Almoron, and then get back in the box for a cross and put it in the net. Whereas now it's just like, give it Alan St. Martin and see what happens. But like, it's like, we, we have the potential to be a good attacking team, but I don't think Steve Bruce knows what to do with these kinds of players. But anyway, obviously I've got a Just to finish on, yeah. Just to finish on the European uh, Super League. So yeah. you mentioned Newcastle, but this is Newcastle, but this is a situation for a lot of lower league lower yeah. league clubs and lower Premier League clubs. Well, is that they need... I mean, couldn't you make an argument for teams like, you know, Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa are they there? Because they exactly. won the European Cup. It, yeah, they have more European Cups than Man City. Yeah. More than I think Nottingham Forest definitely have more PSG, uh, Chelsea, so Tottenham. Yeah. So it's it's ridiculous, and also it's 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 as we said, it's unsurprising because those owners and the organisations such as FIFA. Let's have the mega rich have like their thing, and like because I mean, we're saying like um, you can't get actually get relegated from this league for about twenty years. Twenty years, yeah. So that literally. Like, oh, well, I mean, if you happen, if you are Arsenal right now or Man United, because you. You're licking your lips, yeah. If you are a fan of these clubs, you've got no freaking idea where you're going to finish. Because one game it can be amazing, the next it can be terrible. You know. Exactly, but, but what it would do is ensure your status for the next twenty years, at least. You know what I mean? So even yeah, if you're it's inconsistent, stopping, it's also stopping other teams. Well, you say ensure your status. What if you're Man City or PS3? You don't have status. You've got money. You don't have status. I mean, you could say Nottingham Forest again, or Villa, like or even Everton. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. But it's a way for them to sort it's of cheat the system. It's a way to say, right, where where the big teams are, like where we've got money. Let's like try and make that in. It, I think it's in a way sort of like trying to rewrite history. Actually, isn't it? It, so it is. You know, she did, yeah. Twenty years. It's actually like they're looked upon more favorably. Just like, oh yeah, PSG always been a big club. Man City always been a big club. Now they haven't. Starting on last week's result, we're going to start with the Merseyside derby: Everton two, Liverpool two. Um, balls coming from Michael Keane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Everton and Sadio Mane and Mo Salah for Liverpool. So the main talking point of this game was obviously 
the, what should have been a red card for Jordan Pickford and the injury to Van Dyke. So, what are your thoughts on this? It's, uh, I mean, obviously the backlash that Pickford has received has been, I would say, some of it has been deserved, but some of it has been undeserved, undeserving, because th- this happens in football. This is not the first, yeah, it does you know, happen. career-threatening injury or tackle that yeah, has I mean, been made like, in football. Do people not remember, I think it was Stephen Hunt on Petr Yeah, or was it Carragher Nani, or when, yep. when Ramsey uh, got injured? I mean, when Luke Shaw guys like broken, I could literally name you dozens of players who've had this yeah. kind of stuff happen to them. So. This is this is, but it's unsurprising because obviously because Liverpool have won the league, that they're, they're the big team at the moment, so they're gonna get more pundits covering them and yeah, more pundits. Get, you know, the thing is though, I mean, like it's similar with Man United because you do get the pundits do sort of look Liverpool and Man United especially. Yeah, like um, I remember like last season when we beat you one uh, nil with when Matty Longstaff scored. Every, like after the game, the pundits. I remember them just talking about Man United, just like, oh yeah, no men, you know, no mention for the young Jordy lad who came on and who started in his professional debut and scored the winner. Yeah, yeah, that that's happened with the top six in general. Yeah, I think there needs to be a major change in pundit. Uh, um, so another talking point um, with this game would be Richarlison getting red, uh, red carded. How do you think that's going to influence uh, Everton's season, or at least the, their upcoming? The next three this... games, it's going to be a blow for yeah. them. But I mean, they've got some quality in like Alex Awobi. If he's yeah, I think he's still there. Um, but the the thing is though with Everton, it's like they and the, yeah, and obviously they, they, Rodriguez they, they has they been sidelined with an injury. They have taken the first step to pushing for top four. They have taken that step now. So, the, the, these things do happen. However, I think Everton, I don't think they'll be as free scoring without Richarlison, but um, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think they might drop one or two points. Um, I think they will drop point, points this weekend because they're away to Southampton. Mm. And I pr- yes. I'll, I'll predict, I'm predicting a draw for that game, but we'll see later. But. Mm. I think they'll drop points uh, sooner than we expect because of those injuries. Well, because of, you mean the suspension of Charles and an injury to Rodriguez that was announced oh, today. Injured. So he no, is injured. That, that yeah. one is news to me, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. that that's a big that's, that is a big blow for Everton. Um, big blow. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing from this game, uh, Sadio Mane at the end had a goal ruled out for offside. I mean, if you if you look at that outside, it literally he was a toenail, not even a toenail, the the hair of the toenail yeah. outside. I think in the Premier League we have this sort of over reliance on VAR. Yeah. Like, um, it's just you do have to allow like point not 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 one of a millimeter. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we like it's it's ridiculous. I mean, like obviously against uh, you know for us when we played uh, Tottenham away and we'll scrape a 1-1 draw like we got a penalty at the end for that probably shouldn't have been given but like it's at this point they need I think the refs need to maybe take it more upon themselves and maybe check with VAR less 
at this point, it's like if we're getting, uh, like it's like if Zatan Ibrahimovic scored that goal, like you know, his yeah. nose would have been offside, or if Papi Cissé scored that goal, his entire body would have been offside. Uh, anyway, so that's the conclusion for that game. Yeah. So we also have Chelsea three, Southampton three. Timo Werner, Van de Brace, Kai Havertz scored. Danny Ings, Che Adams, and Jan, uh, Yannick Vestergaard uh, got the goals for Southampton. So Chelsea were two one up at half time. Then three one after fifty nine minutes. Then Southampton pulled it back. Adams and Vestergaard. Um, good result for Southampton. Exactly. I think that sponsor is literally. It's a good sponsor for them. But I think um, again they've shown. They've shown a good display of attacking football, but then the def- the defending is just awful. So, and that's an issue, and that's yeah. a coaching issue, in my well, opinion. I mean, that's a thing. Maybe bring like I, I know the Santiago Silva, but Thiago Silva was great ten years ago. Not not now. It's like you know, it's like signing like you know when Mike Lowen went to Stoke. You know, he's past it. And and the misu- misusing him because at PSG, if you remember correctly, he was playing on as a right center back, yeah. the back four. But for Chelsea, he's had to play in the back three. He's had to play on the left side of the of the defense, which he's not he's not good at. So now let's move on to Man City against Arsenal. So Raheem Sterling scored the winner. Uh, City were pretty dominant and they had the edge in possession. Thirteen shots, five on target. Um, Arsenal only managed three on target from 11. Um, I think I'm guessing that must mean Arsenal definitely need to be more clinical in front of goal. They need to be more clinical and they need to be more positive. I thought Arsenal mm. were quite flat. I mean, they were quite... Uh, I mean, they did they were quite manage poor. 11 shots. Yeah, but they were quite far out as well. I didn't, Stats don't... You need to watch the game, like, honestly. Yeah. I thought I thought because their possession mostly Arsenal were in their own third they didn't manage to yeah so I was disappointed with Arsenal I thought you know with all the talk by Arsenal fans that uh, this is a new team I thought they would go for the throat and they you know didn't really impress me that well, much that's the thing I mean that that is Arteta's philosophy as well you know they like, go for the throat and try to win games Newcastle won Man United 4 um, goals by Luke Shaw, which was a known goal, uh, yeah. and goals by Harry Maguire, Bruno Fernandez, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and Marcus Rashford with the uh, final goal. Um, yeah. Now, so now from going from criticizing Arteta for not trying to win a game to criticizing Steve Bruce for not trying to win a game, <laughs> like we the the high like our best player for this game like ha- has to be like well. Carl Darlow and Alan St. Maximum. As I was saying earlier, like these kind of games, especially when you're at home, you've got to try and win them. And we just we didn't try. I mean, like Man United, we're allowed Man United 28 shots on target. Like 28 shots on goal, four of which were on target. Yeah. Which um, is the most for a Premier League team this yeah, season. Yeah. But guess who it was before that? It was, it was Tottenham, Tottenham against you, yeah. In the last game against us. I know the, the 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 I mean Bruce's tactics really baffled me. I don't think I don't even think there were tactics. I as think I it was earlier, well as I said earlier, he just doesn't know what to do with his attacking players. You know, yeah. he's got some great attacking players like St. Maximin, Almiron, uh, Fraser, Jamal Lewis is good going forward. Obviously we've got Callum Wilson who can score goals. Joel Linton's a good sort of false nine or number ten. Um 
notification. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. You'll just let um, it go. Like, it was bad. Like, it was just, he hasn't got a clue. Um, I really have to say, like, especially after how bad the football was last season under Bruce. I mean, as well, so bringing on Fabian Shea and putting him in midfield didn't work. Like, also, Fabian Shea, for me, should, like, Fernandez has had a really good run of form, Federico Fernandez. But Shea, it, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he's just too much of a luxury player for us at the minute. Brewster, he didn't try and win the game. And I think the best thing for Newcastle now is get rid of him. Um, he needs to go for me. You have to the, 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 just get Eddie Howe in. Why, why not Eddie Howe? Well, what, if we what? get Eddie Howe, then Ryan Fraser's just going to down tools again, like he did for Bournemouth last year. Uh, he did have a really good season under Howe the year before, so yeah, uh, you yeah, never I'll know. Go Eddie Howe. You definitely play a, a more attacking brand of football. Well, that's, that's the thing. Sure. I mean, the, the team knows how to defend. Yeah. Like, you know, most of them, well, most of them were Rafa Benitez's signings. Um, so, like, they know how to defend. Yeah, I think Eddie Howe would be a good shout for Newcastle, actually. So, how, like, that's the thing. It was 1 1 till about 80 minutes. And then, Steve 85th Bruce, minute. Yeah, Steve Bruce decided, you know what? I've got an injured goal. Hang on, should I do me Steve Bruce impersonation for this bit? Okay, um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know, uh, it's, we're 85 minutes deep, lads. And, uh, Carlo's injured, so uh, shall I bring on uh, Mark Gillespie, the other keeper? Because uh, obviously Martin Dubravka is injured as well. Uh, so uh, uh, no, actually, I'm going to bring on uh, Miguel. Miguel, you're coming on soon, but none of the scoring shite that you did a few weeks ago, yeah? I wish I had an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer impression, but I just don't. It's it's difficult yeah, I don't, to. I don't. I don't have a Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's like a Norwegian mank accent. It's just weird. Um, no, it doesn't sound mank. On certain, on certain infections, he does. Mm. So obviously, for you, you'll be happy. Uh, Bruno managed to bag a goal. Juan Basaga finally scored a goal. Yeah, and uh, Marcus Rashford as well. Um, I'm surprised. Yeah, fairly happy. I mean, we just after that spanking we had against Tottenham. Anyway, the next game, next. United won, Fulham won. Billy Sharp scored a pen, Adam Ola Luckman on loan from RB Leipzig with a goal. I don't have anything else to say about that. It was a standard low uh, standard. I mean, if you look even if you look at the stats, it does look pretty even. I, yeah. I thought and I thought from f- f- the game was pretty even, which shows you Sheffield United's levels this year. Yeah. They're not that yeah, good this year, defensively or offensively. They are coming back down to earth. Anyway, on to the M. I think it's the M23 derby. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace won, Brighton Hove Albion won. Wilfred Zaha scored a pen- penalty, and McAllister scored 90th minute equaliser for Brighton. Lewis Dunk also red. So I think this game, Brighton fans will be happy that they picked up a point away from home. However, without the captain for the next three games, that is going to be a very big blow, especially without like Shane Duffy there now. I mean, I'm guessing it'll be like Dan Byrne and Ben White at the back without Dunk. Um, on Brighton, um, on Brighton, I just wanted to say that they'll they'll feel very disappointed about this game, about the result because they yeah, dominated on red. all aspects. 
the red and the results and the performance because they I deserve to win. Brighton, I think, will always take a draw at any away game. Like I would say, I would say so normally, but then when you look at the stats, one shot on goal. One shot on target, one goal from Crystal Palace. I mean, that's talk about luck. Talk about yeah, smash and grab. Uh, that's really. Well, Brighton still gave away a penalty. You know. I mean, yeah, but it's it's it's. I mean, it's the game, is it? It's yeah. Football. The thing is, though, um, Palace they are good at like, you know, soaking up attacks. You know, like that's yeah. uh, that's how Hodgson does it. You know, um, and the fact is, I think Hodgson's yeah. been a- around enough to you know sort of outsmart like Graham Potter. It's good. Like, I do. I do mm-hmm. like Graham Potter. Actually, he plays a good brand of football. But um, yeah, I think in this case, Hodgson just had the experience on him. Anyway, next game: Tottenham Hotspur three, West Ham United three. So, race for Harry Kane. Then Balbuena, uh, Sanchez, and Manuel Lanzini scored a scream. Yeah, yeah. You watched this game, didn't you? I did, and it was it was a weird game from a Tottenham point of view because you're three nil uh, up in the 16th minute. Now, how do you approach a game when you're three nil up before half time? You either yeah. go for the throat and score more, exactly. And I thought that's what they did in the second half. Yeah. West Ham played well, relatively well. Uh, even though Tottenham had a few chances, especially I think the Gareth Bale one in the 92nd minute oh, where God, he could yeah. have finished off the game. Yeah, he should have. He should have. And, you know, it was his Premier League return and he didn't he didn't uh, bask, himself, bask himself in glory. So, um, West Ham will be very satisfied with it, especially because they came back in 12 minutes yeah, well, at the you end. Yeah, well, you know, they were 3-0 down. So streamer. They were 3-0 down, they got a point out of it. For exactly. West Ham on that. Um, but yeah, good game. And the London derby as well. Let's not forget. Well, it's a London derby. It's not West Ham's derby. Moving on. Leicester nil. Oh, Villa won. Oh, uh, Ross Barkley in the ninety-first minute. Um, pretty tightly contested game. Um, they they started well. Um, so in this game, Leicester had eleven shots, five on target. Villa four shots on target from ten. So, this was quite a closely contested game, I think. Well, similar amount of shots. It's just obviously Barkley's put one in for Villa. Now, I think Leicester, this has been a poor start of the season for them compared to well, last year. Um, could this be where the wheels come off for Brendan Rodgers? Mm, I mean, I, I, I don't see him getting sacked anytime soon, but I think they'll just revert to a mid-table team. So maybe yeah, around like the ninth, sort of, eighth position. Yeah, like 10th to 8th sort of place, yeah. Exactly. Which, I mean, Especially if you're a with the Europa fan, League this year. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Leicester fine. fan, you'll take that, you know. I mean, exactly, you're not going to yeah. get... You had that year in 2016, you had a good year last year. For how bad things have been for Leicester in, like, part of the last decade... You know, I think you'll keep that, Leicester fans. Villa have started well, Leicester haven't. I think Leicester, I think Villa will fall away and I think Leicester will pick up. Yeah, it's uh, another game where, I mean, I will say I find it quite funny that Brendan Rodgers doesn't even rate Iose Perez anymore. It's like, neither did we, he only really came uh, to life around halfway mark of the season. So at least he had, if you, with Perez when he was at Newcastle, uh, you can at least say like he had one good season because two halves before. Anyway, 
on to the next game. Amazing game, Gabriel. Like, honestly, you've never seen a game like this. West Brom nil, Burnley nil. I'm just <laughs> laughing because if imagine having to pay fifteen pounds to watch this. I know. <laughs> I, I, West Brom fans uh, and Burnley fans. I mean, you both knew what you were doing for paying for that. That, that had nil nil written all over it. Yeah, we've already dedicated too much time to this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too much. Amazing game that you know people hate watch. Apparently. <laughs> all right, the final yeah. game then. Leeds nil. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Uh, Raul Jimenez got the winner. Um, I read Jimenez a lot. I would love him at Newcastle. Would he is. He is a top. Man United. I would absolutely. I would. Yeah. Yeah, because I think him and Rashford would have like a, a ridiculous partnership. He, he's he's an I love him. He's a, he's a top striker and uh, he, he's so vital to the way Wolves play yeah. that I think if they sold him, you, you you'd actually see like, you'd see them, you know, maybe uh, drop four or five come, places. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's so he's so good. I love him. Yeah. Otherwise, for Leeds, uh, welcome back to the Premier League. Um, Leeds have started well. Um, I'm, I think Bielsa is playing a good brand of football that's actually been quite effective so far. But ultimately, Leeds are just up against a stronger team that, on this occasion. And I mean, they yeah, we lost by one. And it took it did take a moment of class from Jimenez to win the game. So Leeds fans mm-hmm. don't be too disappointed. You could have and maybe should have got something out of that. Exactly. Ooh, our predictions for this weekend. Uh, West Ham and Man City. I'm going 2-0 City on that. Do we... Yeah, can we give West Ham any chance? I mean, maybe if they try... Maybe if they do what they did to Chelsea last season, if you remember correctly, they won yeah. 3-2. Yeah. Maybe well, if they sit deep and counter. Exactly. Just sit deep and counter then. That's the thing. I'm going to guess City are going to win, but I wouldn't really be surprised if West Ham... Like got something out of this game. I I concur with you, but Man City have enjoyed playing at their state at the London Stadium in the yeah, last few years. So I'll go, yeah, I'll go with a two 0 Man City win. So we're agreed on two 0 City there. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, what you would call a London derby, Fulham Palace. I have gone for one one Mitrovic to score for Fulham. I've gone for 1-0 Crystal Palace. I still think Fulham are very weak and Crystal Palace will be able to grind out a result and I predict, I'm predicting like a Zara goal. The thing is though, with Fulham, it, with especially Mitrovic, he can, he can bully defences like Palace. The thing is though, does he have the players around him to play off him? Also, actually, I would say Mitrovic would be a great signing for Palace. Actually, probably more so than Bachelor. Mitrovic to Fulham, possibly in January. Um, <laughs> sorry, not to Fulham, to Palace. <laughs> he's already. Yeah, <laughs> he's going back to his Mitrovic, own club. Yeah. Mitrovic leaves the club by mutual consent. with them immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've gone one-one on that. I've gone one-nil to Palace. Right. One. The next game, Man United Chelsea. You you guys have played well the last couple of games, especially against PSG. We did, yeah. You deserved so, the win against PSG more than you did against us. I mean, yeah. I, th- we, I mean, it's more down to how bad we were. PSG are an actual good team. I have gone for a 3-3. Oh, wow. 
uh, high Chelsea scoring like draw. Chelsea like that. <laughs> they like a, a three, they like a three in the yeah, score, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've gone for a... From a neutral perspective, it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it'll if never get old. If you're a Chelsea fan, you'll have a very bad receding hairline at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, I will go. I mean, I have to support my team, so I'll go with a two-two-one win a for two Manchester one United. Win. Yeah. Um, then the other game on Saturday is Liverpool Sheffield United. Uh, I mean, I think three 0 Liverpool. I'm saying. Yeah, but we can't give Sheffield any chance. It'd I mean, be funny Liverpool if Ryan Brewster scored a hat trick for Sheffield United. <laughs> it would be. It would <laughs> be. Anfield. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't celebrate, but I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know. No, Ian Brewster's from London. I don't think he's actually Scouse, mate. No, but, I mean, he he did come through their academy, right? No, they got him from Chelsea. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Okay, so he, he would yeah, celebrate. Yeah, they got him yeah. from Chelsea's academy. Right. So he's a Londoner. Yeah, he's so, Londoner. no affiliation to Liverpool whatsoever. No, he's not Scouse, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have yeah, to pronounce Liverpool. Chelsea's academy, I was right. Um, yeah. So I'm predicting a three-nil win. I agree with you. Oh my God, he's younger than me. Oh, I was wow. born in 2000, first of April 2000. Oh, he's older than me. Yes, let's go. <laughs> you child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Liverpool will beat Sheffield United. You know, Sheffield United are. You know, on the downward spiral at the May for as I said with Villa Fulton and the carrier so far. Um Southampton and Everton. Yeah, that's a that's a two PM kickoff on Sunday. Now what are you predicting for that game? Before I knew Hammers was injured, I went one 0 Everton uh with Dominic Calvert Lewin scoring. I'm gonna go one one. I'd 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 go with that as well, I think. Yeah. And I'd even, I'd even predict the scores. I think Calvert-Lewin will definitely score one, yeah, I and I think Ings will score the other for Southampton. Yeah, I've been telling you that he's a good player for like a couple of years as well. I knew Calvert-Lewin mm. would eventually come good. Next game, uh, Wolves-Newcastle. I've gone Ooh. for one-one on this. After last week's, like after last week, I think Bruce will. When something like this happens with Bruce, you do usually at least get a bit of a response. At Molyneux, we have we do seem to like draw, so I've gone one one. I've and actually Callum gone two two. Ooh, two two. Well, yeah. Callum Wilson scoring twice. <laughs> no, I'd say I'd say Callum's definitely gonna score one of them. The other one I'd say Almeron. Almeron, yeah. If he starts. The thing is though, I mean, um, with Newcastle, the way that we have lined up of late has been like a 4-4-2. Carl Darlow and goal, obviously, uh, due to the injured Martin Dubravka. For some reason, Steve Bruce started Emil Kraft in the last game. He shouldn't be starting, but like he started like uh, Darlow, Mancure, Lascelles, Fernandez, Lewis, then Jeff Hendrick on the right, Shelby, Hayden, Maximum on the left, Joe Linton and um, Wilson up front in a 4-4-2. And this is a very deep line 4-4-2 so What I would do to improve Newcastle is push the defence, like start pressing a bit high up the pitch and switch to a 4-2-3-1. So obviously, like Darlow, Mancuel, Lascelles, Fernandez, Lewis, Shelby and Hayden, if you must start Shelby. I'd actually prefer to start Matty Longstaff instead of Shelby. However, I guess if we're playing a more attacking team, then like Shelby can spread the ball about well. But then what I'd change is um, 
the Maximin on the right, Almiron in the number 10, Fraser on the left, and Wilson up top. This has the potential to be such a, like, a, a quite a good attacking team, but obviously Steve Bruce just doesn't seem to know what to do with it. There you go, people. That's a passionate Newcastle fan. If we were to drop Shelby, I would actually also drop Fernandez and place Fabian Cher there because Cher can still spread the ball about as good as uh, Shelby and he can do it from deeper. Uh, anyway, Arsenal-Leicester. I've gone for 2-1 Arsenal. Same score. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, goals from Aubameyang and I don't know. That's it. For me, that's it. <laughs> Aubameyang scores. Aubameyang, yeah. yeah. Maybe like is it if he feels it. Yeah, yeah, if he feels like it, yeah. And uh, another amazing game on Monday. West Brom Brighton. Oh, what a game. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I've gone 1-0 Brighton. Uh, I don't know. Neil Morkley or Leandro Trossard the score. I so want a nil-nil, so I've gone for a nil-nil draw. <laughs> yeah, I think Brighton will scrape that one. Then yeah. Burnley Spurs. Oh. However... Burnley, I think, could potentially get something out of this because obviously Chris Wood is a threat from set pieces and long balls, and they are, they have also uh, somehow got Dwight McNeil to sign a new deal. That's a good rhyme, actually. But um, Dwight McNeil signed a new deal. Burnley, I think, maybe could get something out of it if they were up for it. Uh, I'm just saying Spurs have the quality. Who knows? I've gone for a 1-0 Tottenham win. I just think Mourinho is the king at going to those grounds and just grinding out a 1-0. So probably, yeah, a son goal. So anyway, now we are going on to our league predictions for the season. So in 20th, I have gone for West Brom. They're weak at the back and I, just, I don't think they've got enough going forward. For you? You don't like Fulham, do you? <laughs> No, I just think I don't rate them at all. I don't rate Scott Parker. I think sometimes they they do play some nice stuff, but they're, for me, they're just a Norwich 2.0. They're just a Norwich of the, the season. The thing so. is, though, they have Mitrovic who can score goals in the Prem. Uh, you could argue Norwich had like Timu Puki, but exactly. like, Mitrovic has scored in the Prem before. Whereas West Brom, I just don't think have that threat up front. Anyway, in 19th, I've gone for Fulham. I've gone for West Brom, so we've literally just yeah. Um, Same yeah. reasons. West Brom can score. Fulton score more goals than West Brom, um, but and West Brom are worse at the back for me. So yeah, Fulham nineteenth. Sorry, Fulham fans. Eighteenth. I have gone for Burnley. I've gone for Burnley as well. I just think yeah, and I think this is the year Sean Dyche is finally found out, and they just go down. The board haven't backed them, which is obviously due to COVID, I guess. But like, it's um, you know, for Burnley when your landmark signing is Dale Stevens. Okay. Anyway, seventeenth. I've gone for Sheffield United. I've also gone for Sheffield United. We're yeah, in sync. Legit, I think they'll just about scrape it. I think yeah, they've got enough going on, enough at the back, and Ramsdale's a decent keeper. They've got enough to just about scrape it. Yeah, I think, and I think Brewster Brewster will still score maybe five to seven goals in the Prem, so maybe more. We, we, we you never know, but yeah. Sixteenth, yeah. I've gone for Aston Villa. I mean, this is this is a. Uh, I mean, I've gone for Aston Villa as well. Yeah, I think um, they've started very well. We have to say they've won their first four games. But they'll fall. They'll. I mean, they'll. Yeah, I think they'll off. just like, they'll fall off eventually. Yeah, I, I, I don't rate Dean Smith that highly as a manager. But I'll give him credit where it's due. But um, yeah, they'll I, they'll 
I think they'll be fine this year. Yeah. 15th, I've gone for West Ham. I've gone from Newcastle. Oh. Newcastle United, yeah. Yeah. Trying to explain that one. Yeah. I mean, I... For me, you're literally playing like a relegation team, but you have good players, and eventually that's gonna level out. So I mean, you're pretty much you have you have good players, so I think they'll just get you out of situations I where like you're a bit mel- melodramatic off the Man United loss, but we haven't actually no, started badly. But it's not about starting badly or not; it's about the whole season and how I see you play. I mean, Bruce yeah, has I been in charge we'll for. About, I think we'll probably do more about the same as we did last year. Honestly, I think like probably from about tenth to like fifteenth are all interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's why Newcastle could easily finish fourteenth or thirteenth. I don't think they're the worst of the rest. There's worse teams than us. Anyway, so so anyway, fifteenth. I've gone for West Ham. Like again, David Moyes, another manager of about that calibre. Like it's uh, West Ham. Like the they are really inconsistent for me. Like they, you know, they get a good result and they get better, then they get a really good result. Like they'll, they, I think West Ham will be all right this year. I mean, after how bad things ended last season, I think they take fifteenth. I know a lot of West Ham fans who to you know who have been saying they'd um, literally take this staying in the league. Anyway, 14th, I've also gone for Palace. Not a lot to say about them. Zahar's all right. Just an average team, really. Yeah, yeah. so they've finished. Yeah, yeah. 14th. However, with Palace, there's also the, there's always the air that things could go probably wrong. Hindered him, yeah. West Ham, keep Moyes. I think he will build the foundations for them to be quite the solid club. So, if, mm. if you're, I wouldn't get rid of I wouldn't get rid of Moyes if I was a West Ham fan. So, 13th, I've gone for uh, Southampton. Um, Danny Ings and score goals. I mean, Vestergaard looks all right at the back. Um, I actually don't know too much about Southampton. I know Ward Prowse. Look, uh, I actually do rate Ward Prowse. Um, I think Hassan Hootel's got enough to keep uh, to get them into about 30. Anyway, 12th. I've gone for Brighton. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, Brighton as well. I've gone for Brighton. I think they play. They play quite good football, yeah. but uh, quite naive. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah, defensively quite naive. But yeah, yeah that's why. So that's why I, they, they finished mid table for me. Yeah, eleventh. Yeah. I've gone for Newcastle. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're quite. I mean, I same as think, quite high up. Yeah. Bruce is going to stay. I don't think Bruce will last the full season. Oh, so that's the reason why. Okay, who do you think will come I in? I think like an Eddie Howe or someone like that, or like still like even like. Why not try and get Bielsa or like even like someone like Graham Potter? Like, yeah, um, you could. Yeah. Like, um, would see. Obviously, there's always the potential of the takeover with Newcastle as well. Um, but as I said earlier, we've got the potential to play a good brand of attacking football. It's just Bruce doesn't know what to do with these sort of luxury players, with you know your Almirons, your St. Maximins, your Frasers. Or even your like Fabian shares, or even I mean to a degree even Joel Linton. I mean, how many times I've been telling you, over the whole, he's not a target man. He's not there to hold up the ball. At Hoffenheim, he played in behind two strikers. He was there to basically press and advance the play. That's what Joel Linton does. It's like it's similar to the Firmino rule, actually. 
But um, yeah, Newcastle in 11th. I think we're solid defensively. Once Martin Dubravka comes back from injury as well, that will be a major bonus. They got the most saves in the league last year. But uh, yeah, Newcastle in 11th. Steve Bruce not the last of the season. In 11th, I've gone for Southampton. I, I do rate uh, Asen Hudo. I think he's a very good manager. I think the way they play, so the way they press, they're one of the best pressing teams in the Premier League and that's they're, they're just hard to play against. So that's why I've positioned them that high up because they're just because of the way they play and I rate the manager, basically. And Ings will score the goals, obviously. Yeah, unless he gets injured, in which case Southampton. Exactly, in which case I, I might have to change my prediction. Yeah. yeah, in which case I'd probably put them around 15th or 17th, but that was the case of the Waterloo Saints. That's why I put them in 13th, just so I could account for that. Anyway, tenth. in 10th, I have gone for Leeds. I've gone for Wolves. So mm. I just think they finished. Yeah, they finished 7th last season. Uh, I think. They play quite a defensive style. You, I think you'd agree with that. And I think also they do. I know they do line up with like a back, like with, they do play the wing back system. But I don't think I don't think Wolves necessarily just sit back. I mean, we we're a defensive team, but Wolves I don't think just sit back. I mean, no, they don't. They don't just sit back. But they're well equipped to play any sort of brand of football. They're, they're quite an adaptable team, yeah. A flexible yeah. team. Um, no, I don't think Wolves will finish that low. Anyway, I've gone for Leeds. I think they've got a great manager in Bielsa. They've got some good players in, um, uh, obviously, like Calvin Phillips and uh, the Fox, uh, the San Rodrigo. And they, um, like, they look good. And funnily enough, it's been really Patrick Bamford scoring. Yeah. But, um, they, they've. Um, They've looked good early early days of the season. I think Bielsa, his sort of fluid formation, will I think will take a few teams off guard. Um, I think momentum. Will, I think it'll be momentum that'll carry Leeds through. I think they'll finish about tenth in ninth now. Ninth, I have gone for Leicester. It's interesting. Um, I've gone Obviously, for Leeds United. I think there'll be a fall from grace last year for Leicester. Hmm. Um, I've gone for Leeds United. Uh, for similar reasons to what you mentioned before, I think they've surprised quite a lot of people. They play a good brand of football. Bielsa is a very good manager. But, but the thing is, a, what we both said before was anyone between 10th and 15th is, well, 10th and 17th, to be honest, is pretty interchangeable. Pretty much interchangeable, yeah. And that's why we, we do have similar. I really think Wolves are going to go down, go down into that. What, like all of that would probably be a relegation scrap. I don't think. No, Wolves, I think from. Think no, no, I think. I think Wolves will. No, I thought from eleven. So for for my prediction for my table, I thought from eleventh down to probably sixteenth will be. Um, yeah, be quite close. Like anywhere from like, honestly, like part, part sometimes last season it was like anywhere from like eighth down to sixteenth was pretty interchangeable. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah. The, this year I, pre- I predict maybe three blocks so from 11th down to 16th then from 7th down to 10th it hasn't been like that for a while now I don't think Wolves would get into a relegation scrap because I'm basically saying everyone 10th down is in a relegation scrap Um, but that's not what I'm saying I'm saying for me relegation scrap will be 17th to 20th which is obvious but so I because you've got 17th to 20th 
Well, no, because then you've got your teams like, you know, Newcastle, Brighton, Southampton, Palace, West Ham, Villa, Sheffield United, Burnley. But I think this year they won't be that close to relegation. That, mm. That's my opinion. I mean, it's a prediction. After all. I, I don't know. I've got, I, I don't know. I've just got used to like the ridiculously high drama with the relegations mm-hmm. now. But um, anyway, I've gone Leicester, four from Grace from last season. They haven't started well. Um, I think come January they might lose, you know, like to Telemans and, and Didi. Um, so I've gone Leicester in ninth. And on the eighth, I've gone for Wolves. As I said before, okay. Wolves are a good team. They're pretty adaptable as to how they play. They could, they could pretty much play any brand of football. Um, they, um, they've got some great players. They've, still, they've kept a hold of Jimenez and Neves. They've still got Patricio and Matinho. Connor Cody's still good. Um, they've still got Johnny. Like um, I know they have lost uh, Diego uh, Diogo Jota, but um, they have brought in players to cover that. So or whether or not these players will be instant hits is, remains to be seen. But um, I think they've got enough quality, especially in Jimenez to and the Dharma Traore as well, actually, to get in the eight. I've gone for Leicester City. For the simple fact that I think they'll drop off from last season, they finished fifth, uh, and they could have finished in the top four, but they they just finished the season quite badly. Um, yeah, also, I think started this season badly. Exactly, yeah, and with the addition of the Europa League, yeah. Europa League for them, they just don't have the squads for me to manage both yeah. competitions. Well, so that, that's why I put them in ninth because I think they would they might lose some of the better players as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, eighth and ninth. For me, as I've said, from probably seventh down to tenth, there'll be a cluster of teams and fighting for the same position. So it's interchangeable, as you said. So Leicester City in eighth for me. Uh, and seventh, I've gone for Man United. Um, I don't rate Solskjaer that highly as a manager. I think he's got a good team, and I think he's on a good. You know, he's won a couple of games now, but you know. Let's not get. Uh, don't get ahead of yourself. I think this could just be another false storm with United. They've got a good team. Um, however, as uh, you might find later, I'm not ruling them out for Champions League through them. But yeah, Man United in seventh. I just don't think. I don't think they're solid enough defensively for that. I, I don't think they're consistent enough. I've gone with Everton. Everton, who have started very well, but again, the squad depth will eventually show. Yeah. That their true level so they will fall off a bit but yeah. still 7th is a very good spot place for them yeah. uh, I think it quali- they qualify for Europa- for the Europa League right with 7th uh, no you don't you don't oh I thought you did okay well it's still a very good position for them it's it's higher up than they were last season so I think they'll take it in 6th I've gone for Tottenham um, same same here Tottenham as well don't think they're good enough to crack the top four. Um, I think there's the needs. There still needs to be a rebuild done. I mean, I know they've re-signed Bale and they've got some other player from Real Madrid, but like the, I don't know. I'm just not convinced with Tottenham. I mean, especially since they've just blew a three, you know, a three-goal lead against West Ham. Yeah, I um, agree. I just think. Uh... They, for me, their ceiling, their absolute ceiling, the the highest they could finish the season, really, if you dream of it, would be third. That's their ceiling, but I don't think they'll finish anywhere near third. I think it'll be fourth. I don't, I don't think they. I, I, yeah. I don't think they even that good to get third. Anyway, uh, yeah, fifth now. 
Yeah, they've got Thomas Party. Like, they've, they've strengthened where they need to. I've gone fifth because it's just quite a safe bet for Arsenal because obviously Arteta mm-hmm. is... I wouldn't say, you know, he's still quite unproven, but, you know, the, it's an improvement on last... Like, quite a significant improvement on last year for Arsenal. Um, so, uh, actually, where did Arsenal finish last year? Eighth. Yeah, so it's, an, it's quite a good improvement on it. Yeah, it is, it is. What have they actually finished with last year? But no, they obviously didn't. Yeah, um, yeah, Arsenal in fifth for me. Have you got? I've gone for Chelsea. Now that might surprise people, but you have to remember that first of all, it takes time for players to gel in the system. And just defensively, for me, they're not secure enough, and it's a coaching issue. I mean, the defensive, like if you counter Chelsea, more often than not, you'll find yourself in front of goal, having a chance that you can convert. So, um not good enough defensively and their players have to gel so for me they finish fifth but obviously they could finish fourth or third but yeah. I've, I've chosen fifth for them yeah like I, I, I think for, with Chelsea it's fifth that absolute worst again it's only Lampard's third season as a manager so like it's yeah. uh, he's been given too much money I think this year but they have spent on good players that I do think will come good but obviously as you say it's going to take time for them to gel Anyway, fourth. This is going to annoy you. I've got Everton. Care to explain? Uh, I like what um, Ancelotti has done with the midfield, with Alan, Dekure and Hamez. Also, still being able to play Hamez a wide or put Gilfie Gilfie Sigurds in the midfield or play Hamez in midfield. I think they've got the quality Calvert-Lewin's firing now. They've got a really good front line of Calvert-Lewin. Hamez and uh, Richarlison. The thing is, though, with Everton, I think it'll it'll be like a scramble for top four this year. Um, I think they'll drop off partially down to Pickford. I just I think they'll drop off, but then they'll find the form again. So I've gone Everton for fourth there. I think they're quite solid defensively. Um, they've got a great manager in Angelotti. So yeah, why not Everton fourth? Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, but the, the issue with teams uh, with teams like Everton, Wolves, Leicester is the squad depth. So that's the only reason for me that they don't make it. If you, if they get an injury to Calvert Lewin or Rodriguez, it could change their season. Yeah. So that's the only issue with um, those kind of squads. I'm optimistic for them there because I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I don't know Calvert Lewin's injury record off the top of my head, but he looks like. He looks like he takes good care of himself. He looks like he can just shake anything off. So, yeah, I'm going Everton fourth. I've just got a good feeling about them. Fourth, I've gone for Manchester United. Uh, although they didn't get their main ta- transfer target, which was Jadon Sancho, they still have invested in decent acquisitions. Uh, they did need to improve on Egalo, which they have with Cavani. They did need a left-back, which they acquired through Alex Telles. And they did, although they didn't buy Sancho, they did buy two right-wingers in Pellistri and uh, Amat Traore from Atalanta. So I predicted them to finish fourth. Uh, I just think they'll make it. They'll just make it. But yeah, I've included them in my top four. The thing is, though, if you, if you see an improvement on a goal, why did you still sign them? Well, that was a stopgap. In January, Marcus Rashford got injured. Um, with no, I, mean, he got... I think he's actually signed him on a permanent deal now. No, no, no. He's, he's uh, gone in January. 
it was uh, we extended his loan. Um, How do we get him now until Christmas? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got him now until January, uh, and uh, and then Cavani. Obviously, Cavani's here now, but he, yeah, Cavani will take his place. Obviously, um, going up to third now. Third, I've gone for Chelsea. Chelsea, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think things will come together for Chelsea. However, as we've seen in the early weeks of the season, the defence is a major issue. But I do think things will come together. Obviously, I mean Chelsea. The thing is, though, they've got so many players to play there, like in def- like in the centre back positions. So I think for Lampard, it is a case of finding out who works best and not being afraid to drop someone. I agree with you. I think their ceiling is third. If you're very optimistic, they can finish third, and if not, they could drop down to sixth. That's yeah. 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 I've gone for for Arsenal. Um, I think even though Arteta is not the second coming of Pep, as many thought he would, he was. He 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 can, I think, uh, be pragmatic, and he knows what he can get out of his team. So that's why he's playing this three-four-three formation. He knows he can't play a back four because he doesn't have the players, and I think he can. He'll get enough points to get up to third especially I think the, the signing of Partey is a game changer for me yeah, uh, if, they, yeah. Like, when I wrote this list they hadn't yet signed Partey yeah so um, Arsenal might get top four I'm, I'm just not 100% convinced um, yeah. but anyway on the second I have gone for Liverpool I've gone for Liverpool as well yeah because yeah. you don't lose the seven, you don't lose 7-2 to Villa the also, yeah. obviously now as well. When we when I wrote my list, uh, Van Dijk hadn't yet been injured. So yeah, I'm going Liverpool. Great, great team, but I think it's just going to be a burnout after two seasons of like and City. It's just like, well, you've won it. Now what do you do? You know, it's like you've reached the top of the mountain. It's just like exactly what I do now. Yeah. Anyway, under the winners, Man City. Surprise. I don't even think it's a given that City or Liverpool will win the league. Just simply because both have that's had injuries. Uh, yeah, for instance, that's the thing this year. If if it's not one of them, then you do have to acknowledge likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Everton, Man United. Of course, no, it could be anyone's. Any this this league is anyone's. It's yeah, literally it'll it'll be the ones that are the most consistent and can find some form. Yeah. Because I don't think Honestly. this year will be the year of like a truly great team, like um, you Never, know yeah. that City team that won it two years on the pound or last year's Liverpool team. I think it'll just be like I agree. This it'll be like when Man United like it. a 2010-11 season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a 2010-11 season where we we won it with drumroll 80 points. Yeah, that's quite low. So yeah. We won it with 80 points, so it's going to be one of those seasons, yeah. And anyway, for the League Cup, I am backing my new captain. We've got Brentford in the ne- in the quarterfinals. Are you sure about that? Yeah, we've got Brentford in the quarterfinals. We've got to be bloody beaten Brentford. Even Fulham did it last year. So, like, yeah, if we beat Brentford, we're through to the semis yeah. and then anything. Yeah, but that's the quarterfinals, then there's the semifinals. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We should be beating yeah, Brentford right. in the quarter fun. Like, we should be beating them in the quarters. You know, it's Brentford. You know, a club the size of Newcastle should be beating Brentford. 
But, no, yeah. they should. I'd love a Manchester United Newcastle semi final. I'd love that. I still, oh god, imagine if it was a final. Imagine if it was a final and well out. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'd, I'd, that would be good. Uh, no, that would be good. I'd love that. I'd love yeah. that. I've gone for that. Tottenham. Um, I just think he, Mourinho takes very, some would say too much, too seriously. He loves that trophy. He's won it three times. Uh, so, yeah, I just think he'll go for it. For the FA Cup, I've gone for Tottenham. I've gone for Man City just because I think Liverpool don't take that trophy seriously. And I think Man City will beat any other any other big team in the final. So, whether it's Chelsea, yeah, Tottenham. I Tottenham or... this year like uh, for the FA Cup. Because, I mean, Christ, Arsenal usually seem to win it. So, I just think it would be funny if Tottenham win it. Yeah, that would, that would be funny, yeah. Yeah, against Arsenal. <laughs> oh, that would, oh, that would be a great FA final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be that would be a good, good final. Great yeah. final. Anyway, now, Champions League. Champions League. I am it's going for back. Bayern. I made my mind up from last time we talked about this. I'm going for Bayern. I know, because last time, who do you think was going to win it? Who did you go for last time? Um, I was oh, like oh. tossed up between Bayern, uh, PSG or Juve, but I've decided on Bayern. Yeah, I've gone for Bayern as well. For me, they're they're the most complete team and the most dang- dangerous team in the in the Champions League in Europe. So, for me, they're the winners, and they'll be worthy winners as well for me. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, for the Europa League, I think I did this as a joke when we were on the phone one uh, recently. I've gone for Man United to win the Europa League. Out of the group stage and in the Europa League, where you'll win it and get back into the group stage. Who is even in your group? I mean, I wouldn't be against it as long as we're in the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, cool. Leipzig, PSG, and Istanbul, Bashakta, or something. Yeah. Right, yeah, I could see Leipzig getting the. I could see Leipzig uh, getting um, like the jump on you, to be honest. Because that's the thing, United are either really good or really bad. There's no in between for you guys. Yeah, but in. Uh, I would expect us to come second because I would expect us to beat Istanbul twice, so that's six yeah, points. Yeah. We've already taken one, uh, three out of um, PSG, so that's nine. And then you only need one, two, three, one or three points to qualify. So I, I, I think we'll do it. I could say Leipzig, uh, like getting a win against PSG's PSG U and Basakshir. I mean, yeah, but again, Istanbul are the definitely they're the team to beat. We have to beat them twice at home and away. That's for sure. Now it's not a. Yeah, it's not I mean, you might score. You'll probably score. It's not 2011 yeah. anymore. Although at least you guys have exactly, like yeah. uh, a memory of you know give me some wonderful memories. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the very first episode of the Classic Nine podcast. Um, we hope you enjoy it. We hope it gets better. We hope that the audio quality also gets better. Um, <laughs> hopefully next time. Uh, yeah, well, as we say, this is the first one. You know, um, it's quite special for it. I, I think we we gave it a good shot. But exactly. We'll see you next time. Podcast. All right. Cheers and goodbye.